Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Las Vegas, Nevada with my new friend David Gavry of the Vegas Faces podcast. He's a former professional poker player and stand-up comic, but has since settled down into a life as a real estate agent and investor. He loves the easy weather, beautiful nights, and endless options that Vegas has to offer. In this episode, David and I talk about the Fremont Street experience, exploring the Bellagio Conservatory, and riding the high roller Ferris wheel. You hear about these three amazing experiences, plus so much more. If you know someone that wants to visit Nevada, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide to David's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Las Vegas. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account. Hey, David, welcome to the show. Lee, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Today, we're talking about Las Vegas, Nevada. It's, I think, one of the most popular tourist destinations in the United States, partly because of the gambling, obviously, but also because of all the shows and the high-end restaurants and just all the fun. So we're going to talk about those, but also there's a lot of things that are within like like a quick drive from Vegas that a lot of people probably don't really know about. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a good central hub of where you can travel to, take a day trip. I mean, you have the Grand Canyon that's just a few hours away. You have Zion National Park in Utah, same amount of driving, which then for another hour, you can go see Bryce Canyon. So people do both of those usually in the same trip. You have Death Valley, which people picture lowest point on earth, hottest area and this and that, but it also has mountains. People can climb, hike, canyoneer. So that's always a fun one as well. And then of course the usual, there's San Diego that's just a few hours away. Los Angeles is right there. Phoenix, Arizona. Sedona, Arizona is gorgeous. I don't know if you've been there, but it's really breathtaking to just be in those Red Rock Mountains and it's an entire town in the Red Rock Mountains. I always say that it's just like going to Red Rock National Park here in Vegas, but imagine if there was like a city in there. No, absolutely. I, I've been there and funny enough, I, I'm actually recording an interview for Sedona here uh, in the next few days. Wow. Yeah. I love Sedona. It's a great, great spot. Right on. So what's your connection to Vegas and, and how long you been there? So my wife and I moved to Las Vegas in 2018. We moved from Chicago When I was in my 20s, I was a rebellious lad, and I not only tried to be a poker player, but I also wanted to be a stand-up comedian, and my parents wanted me to be a doctor, so uh, I had a great relationship with them (laughs) for a few (laughs) years, but uh, really, it was just an adventurous, rebellious side of me that I I said, you know what, I I really want to take these crafts seriously and try to make something out of it. So because of the poker life that I was living, I was constantly getting free trips to Vegas and vouchers and comps and uh, flights, hotels, and all this type of stuff to where traveling to Vegas, it kind of almost became mundane. It was like, yeah, 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 the strip. Okay. We're seeing that fun. So I started to rent a car and really venture out. And maybe that's just the adventure side of me. I don't know. But uh, it got to the point where when I started dating my wife, I would take her to Vegas and I would 
impress her by saying, you know what, let's rent a car and let's go to Valley of Fire. Or, hey, let's go see the Hoover Dam. I know you've heard of it, but have you actually seen it? Have you walked across that bridge? Have you explored Lake Mead? Have you seen Boulder City and even Lake Las Vegas? Or, of course, Red Rock Canyon and Mount Charleston and and the usual spots that are off the strip that Vegas locals love. So she was extremely impressed. And that kind of planted the seed of, okay, once... Uh, we started to live in Chicago for a long time. We started to get worn down by the cold winter. And then, of course, our families were relocating elsewhere. We decided, hey, if we're going to relocate, why not Las Vegas? What is it like to actually live in Las Vegas? Right on. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things like you pointed out that if you go to the same destination numerous times, obviously you want to see you know, the, the highlights and everything like that. And we'll talk about some of the highlights of, of Vegas, but also you want to like start digging deeper and like scraping beyond the, the surface there and, and seeing some of the other things that that are available in that town that I think a lot of people just overlook or they don't really realize that are, that are there. So that's really cool that you were able to kind of bring her along on that adventure and, and be able to show her everything. Yeah. I mean, just lucked out. And obviously I think weather is, is a kind of like a cliche topic. It's a very mundane topic to some, but for us, it was a huge thing, especially coming from a very gray, cloudy area in the Midwest where seasonal depression and winter depression is a real thing. We want it to be somewhere where it's sunny and beautiful most of the year. Yes, it gets hot here in the summer, but also where else does it not get hot in the summer? So we kind of just had to weigh out the pros and cons and say, all right, we're going to relocate to a place where weather is actually fairly easy and tolerable. And the way I look at it, life is hard enough. Why make it even harder by having to bundle up and wear multiple layers of clothing just to <laughs> go outside and take out the trash? <laughs> yeah, like you mentioned, you know, obviously it gets hot in Vegas. I've seen you know temperatures in like 115, 120 and, and things like that. But you know that's probably equivalent to like the 100 degrees that's here in Nashville with plus the humidity because that humidity just adds, I don't know how many different degrees to it, but I'm way more comfortable in like that 115 in Vegas than I am in the 100 here in Nashville when it's like, you know, 80% humidity or whatever it gets to. Totally, totally. It's, it's a, yeah, people like to make fun of the dry heat. They say it's like an oven, but I find it a lot easier to deal with than what you just mentioned, that swampy. I mean, I grew up in Houston, very tropical weather. My sister had her wedding in New Orleans in the middle of August. And we were just drenched. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, all of our families live in Texas and Florida. So we're just used to that swampy, sweaty humidity to where for us, we love the dry heat. And then, of course, because there's no humidity here, the heat doesn't stay trapped, uh, if that makes any sense. So basically, if it's 100 degrees during the day, it might be 70 at night. So the nighttime is really, really beautiful. And yeah, sure, if it hits those days where it's extreme, 115, 120, yeah, you might still have a 90 degree night, but those days don't last too long. I think a lot of people visit Vegas in the summertime because of pool party season and that's peak tourist season. So they just associate extreme heat with Las Vegas, not even realizing that the whole rest of the year, the other nine, 10 months are actually really gorgeous. Yeah, well, speaking of that, like, what's the weather like in the, in the fall and in the, the spring and the winter? Yeah. So we do get four seasons here in Las Vegas. And then you know, people said that when I lived in Chicago, we don't get an extreme winter, but we still do get a real winter. I mean, it still becomes 30s and 40s at night at times. The fall and the spring are the most beautiful times. And 
people that I know that are in the rock climbing world and the hiking world, that, those are the times that they love to come to Vegas because it's really, we call it window weather. I mean, you just, you just roll up your window and enjoy the nice breeze driving down the street and just roll the windows down. It's that kind of weather where it's just beautiful. And the, the daytime is gorgeous. The nighttime is gorgeous. I've never lived in California, but I'd imagine that fall and spring in Las Vegas is very similar to California weather. That makes a lot of sense. When people are planning their trip to Vegas, like what, what are some of like the, the concerts or festivals or different annual events that maybe somebody wants to plan a trip around attending one of those? Sure. There are a lot. I think the largest one is the EDC Music Festival. And uh, I'm showing my age right now. I'm trying to figure out what that stands for. Electronic something. Oh, man. I feel <laughs> like an old man. Oh, EDC. But <laughs> totally going blank on what EDC stands for. But either way, it is the largest music festival here in Las Vegas. And that, I believe, happens May, I believe, is the month for that. But not just concerts. I mean, there's so many conventions that uh, that bring people to Las Vegas. There's a giant tech convention in January that the city gets very, very heavily populated with. March Madness seems to really kick off the springtime here in Las Vegas. Obviously, Super Bowl does too. Super Bowl is a large event, but it's only one weekend, whereas March Madness is pretty much an entire month's worth of craziness and and fun. I know I've been to the sports books uh, in March and man, those things are, are packed and it's just, you feel the energy for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and there's more coming. I mean, we have formula one coming in the fall here in Las Vegas. There's a lot of construction happening so that they can have the formula one race on the strip. There are the multitude of concerts, the names that come up right now, I, I would say are Adele and Taylor Swift and Katy Perry and, uh, I'm not sure if Celine Dion still performs, but but she's always been a big name here in the city. For sure. That, that's one of the things about Vegas is you have not just the the concerts that come through Vegas, but also you have a lot of either ma- magicians or singers or other performers that are actually residents there. So they have that residency. So no matter when you come, you can kind of see them in concert. Yeah. I mean, personal favorite of mine is comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. I think he's hilarious. And he's also pretty family friendly too. I'm not going to say take your little kids, but he's one of those comedians that you could take anybody to and you'll have a great time. He performs at, at the win and he has a residency there. Speaking of that, one of the performers that I love to bring up that people always cringe and they always look at me like I'm a crazy person is Carrot Top. I think that is one that's worth seeing. And I know I'm sure listeners right now are like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But just think of it in the terms of Carrot Top has performed in Las Vegas, I believe 20 years. And this is a city that you will not last if you are not doing something right, whether that's entertainment, performing, or whether that's your restaurants or, or any, any, I mean, this is the entertainment capital of the world. Like the, the expectation is the highest. So just from that standpoint alone, yes, he's a goofy individual and he's a silly fella, but uh, he does have a very Vegas style show. I mean, he's got his props, but he also has multimedia. He's got fog machines, laser lights, music. He goes into the crowd with whiskey and does shots with everyone. Like it's it's a party <laughs> and you'd be pleasantly surprised. And I believe his tickets are only like 30, 40 bucks maybe. Yeah, that's really cool. I actually saw him. I was there in Vegas visiting one of my buddies and we were there at one of the shops just like eating food and he walked in and I, you know, Carrot Top, I remember him, you know, back in the day, he was like a skinny, scrawny little guy and he walked in and 
the dude is buff now. I mean, yeah, he's exactly. he looks like he's like a bodybuilder. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was like so weird to see him. And it's kind of kind of surreal also. Like kind of like in LA, you see actors and actresses and Nashville, you see a lot of singers walking around, but you know, seeing him in person, just like literally you could have reached out and touched them. It was it was kind of surreal being able to see that. But like you mentioned, as far as like cheap uh, or you know, cost-effective entertainment, uh, I think one of the things that, that's great is that because there are so many shows and concerts and everything like that that happen in Vegas, that uh, last-minute tickets is an easy thing to get for a lot of the shows where they'll sell you the tickets for like half price because they'd rather get some money than none to have the seats be empty. Yeah, absolutely. We've gotten a lot of tickets that way. We also have gotten tickets from friends who won tickets on the radio. Just one of those lucky callers in the radio answered answered a trivia question. Because people think Vegas is this giant city, and it feels that way because people from all over the world come here. I mean, they say something like 40 million people visit Vegas every year, but also something like less than 3 million people actually live in the city of Las Vegas. So even though it has that big city cosmopolitan feel to it, it's still a small town. So we still do things like calling the radio station and trying to win tickets for something, or just even the fact that whenever someone asks you for their phone number, they generally don't give you the area code. Like it kind of takes me back to like childhood back before we uh, ever needed area codes. And, And maybe that's just me growing up in a relatively small town outside of Houston so coming here kind of gives me that nostalgic feel of like, oh, we are in a small city. Like, you know, I don't need to give you my area code. Like, of course, it's 702. What else could it be? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of like that, that kind of that small town feel, when we're talking about different things to do in Vegas, there's like a couple like smaller, like kind of like a, like a small town, like annual events and everything like that, or, or things that happen on a regular basis, like First Friday and the farmer's market in Sutherland and stuff like that. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Sure, sure. So First Friday is generally in the downtown arts district. I love downtown and I know that it's close to the strip. So there's really no excuse to explore both downtown and the strip. If you are staying on the strip, there's a lot to offer downtown, such as what you just brought up first Friday. It's an arts festival where creatives and artists come together and promote whatever it is that they're working on. And it's just a a really fun natural kind of networking type of vibe instead of like that classic business networking it's more of just artists trying to collaborate with each other and not just drawing and painting but also people who design clothing and digital creatives and all that all that fun stuff so first friday is a great place to get your name out there if you're any kind of creative and uh the farmer's market in downtown Summerlin is is a fun one as well. I, I've taken my daughter, who's three, and she has a blast. So it's it's great for whether you have kids or don't have kids, especially now that the weather's nice. It's a real fun one to go to. It's it's a real event where it's a spectacle. It's it's got music and of course your your tents where people are selling you all kinds of products and things like that. And it's just a, a nice walkable area. To walk up and down downtown Summerlin in general, whether you're at the farmer's market or not, is just a fun outdoor mall that people have a fun time walking once the weather gets nice. For sure. And then uh, also something called a Tivoli Village. Yes, sir. Tivoli Village. It's another beautiful, beautiful plaza that has amazing restaurants and shops, as well as trade show type of events. One of our personal favorite restaurants at Tivoli Village is El Dorado. It's really nice Mexican food, great patio, 
great decor. My wife always loves taking Instagram photos when she's there. There's another really amazing Italian restaurant called Al Solito Posto that's also in Tivoli Village. There's Leon Cafe, just for a breakfast, lunch, sit outside, enjoy the nice weather type of restaurants. Uh, there's Echo and Rig. It's an amazing steakhouse also in Tivoli Village. Uh, so yeah, we love Tivoli Village. That's a great spot for locals and visitors who want that local experience to just go again, walk around, explore. It's uh, definitely something I recommend for sure. Right on. Now let's take a step back. Obviously, if we're say we're flying in, like say I'm coming here from Nashville, we're going to fly into Vegas. We're going to fly into it used to be called McCarran, but I guess it's now Henry Reed's Airport. Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, and then from there, I, you know, like a lot of airports, they're usually like way far out of the city. Like it's actually really close to get from from the airport, and like the the casinos have continued to build and get closer and closer to the airport. So it's it's actually a pretty short drive from the airport to the beginning of the strip, right? Yes. You basically, upon landing, you will see the strip. You will see all the the lights and the hotels. It's a beautiful view coming in. And then, of course, when you're leaving Vegas, taking off, it's a a gorgeous view from your airplane. And yeah, I'm sure they did that on purpose. The second you land, I mean, there's literally slot machines inside of the airport. So (laughs) you (laughs) you don't even have to make it to your casino hotel to start gambling. But yeah, it's it's very very close. You can take a taxi or an Uber, or if you rented a car, it's it's literally a ten minute or less drive, depending on which hotel you're staying at. Right on. Yeah, and as far as like actually renting a car versus using public transportation or or like Ubers or taxis, I think renting a car may not be the best thing if you're going to be staying kind of on that strip because finding parking and, and navigating the traffic on the strip is is a little bit of a challenge sometimes, but like, I think if we're, you know, some of the places we'll talk about it outside of the, the strip, I think it's a good idea to have a car for that. Right. hundred percent. It all depends on what you're coming to Vegas for. I know a lot of people that come here strictly on business. They're consumed with the convention and meeting after meeting after meeting to where they really don't have any time to even leave their hotel, let alone rent a car and explore what's off the strip. So if that's what you're here for, by all means, do what you can. Uh, if you are coming here for a more relaxed visit and you do want to see things both on and off the strip, definitely recommend renting a car. Yes, there are hotels that charge for parking, but there are also hotels that do not charge for parking, at least currently. That could change. But for now, to my understanding, the Wynn, the Venetian, the Encore, those are the ones on the top of my top of my head that I can think of that currently free parking. Also, if you do have a Vegas local driver's license, you can get free parking, I would say at 99% of the hotels. I think the only one that we went to where they did not allow Vegas locals to get free parking was the Circa, which is the newest hotel in downtown. But other than that, everywhere else, you put your ticket in and then you just scan your local ID and then immediately the arms come up and you can leave. Oh, that's really awesome. Yeah, I know, like, I'm a high globalist. And so that that mirrors with MGM, I think, gold. And so when you have gold status with MGM, then you get free parking at, at their properties, too. So that that's nice, being able to use some of the hotel benefits. Yeah, absolutely. When I was deep into my poker playing in my early 20s, I had that high status for the Caesars properties. And the same thing goes there, as well as the MGM properties. I remember getting free parking at Bellagio and, and the MGM hotels as well. 
Now, I, I know we talked a little bit about some of like the, the, the easy road trips you can do, you know, like uh, the Grand Canyon and, you know, some of the Zion and some of the other attractions outside of Vegas. What are some of the things that we should, we shouldn't miss when we're inside Vegas? So when you're inside Vegas and let's say you can't leave the strip or downtown, let's say you're confined to public transit, uh, you could still make it to downtown. I recommend the Fremont Street experience. I think that's something that gets overlooked at times or maybe taken for granted. But really just go there either daytime or nighttime. Just that canopy with all the lights is a really fun, walkable experience. And then once you are downtown, there's the Mob Museum. There are the Neon Museum where I don't know if people know what that is. It's basically the old Las Vegas signs from hotels that are no longer around. So it's it's a trip down memory lane where you can see old signs. And the fun part about that neon museum is that if you go there in the daytime, you have your daytime experience where you just see the signs during the day. But then if you go there at nighttime, they'll turn the signs on. So you kind of, you can go there multiple times and have totally different experience just depending on the time of day that you go there. That's really cool. Yeah. I got to bring your sunglasses though. Cause some of those neons get pretty bright. <laughs> right. And then of course, it's still exploring downtown. There's Container Park, which is a, a fun little area of, of shops and restaurants. Uh, it's a very popular area downtown. There's also the Arts District, and that's its own strip, really. It's not the Las Vegas Strip, but it's still a strip of, of shops and antique shops and restaurants and bars. And it's it's a fun, walkable experience there that is separate from the Fremont Street experience, but you're still downtown. So that's something that I always recommend if you're stuck between just the strip and just downtown. I would also recommend, obviously, the Bellagio Conservatory. I know that that's kind of maybe people already know about that, but it's always changing. Like It's always different depending on the time of year, and it's just always spectacular. It's, it's something that you shouldn't miss. It's free. Just go in there. You don't have to stay there long. But it's always something that's just mind-blowing, and you'll always have a different experience. And then right across the street from that, if you go to the Wynn, the Wynn Waterfall, which is actually called the Lake of Dreams. And I know this because my neighbor works on that show. And it's a seven-story waterfall that you can see from a couple of restaurants at the Wynn, as well as a cocktail bar. So that's a great place to grab a drink or have a meal and just see the beautiful waterfall with the light show that they have attached to it. And that's also no cost. I mean, sure, you can buy food and buy a drink there, but you can also just go there and hang out by the waterfall for a few. That's one of the great things about Vegas is that obviously there are a lot of places where you can spend money between gambling, all the shows, uh, and everything else, but also there are a lot of free attractions as well. So depending upon whatever your budget is, there's always something that you can do, you know, in Vegas. Sure. And in the realm of free attractions, I would recommend the seven magic mountains. Now that is off the strip. So you will need to drive or find someone who has a car that will take you. Uh, it's actually down the I-15 on the way to Los Angeles. It's not, you don't have to drive all the way to Los Angeles. We were, we're talking maybe drive 10, 20 minutes down that I-15. And uh, it's just these giant boulders that are stacked on top of each other. This giant art display in the middle of the desert. And they're painted. And so you go there and you're like, wow, how did they stack all of these on there? How are they staying stacked? It's, it's kind of a mind-blowing, like, wow type of experience. Great for photo opportunities. And it's literally just on the side of the road in the middle of the desert. Well, that is really cool. Yeah. I mean, you, 
if, if you're driving by while they're doing it, you're probably like, what is this guy doing? Like whoever, whoever's <laughs> putting it together. Right. But like, so we're talking about all these experiences and everything like that. But also one of the things that is really impressive in Vegas is the quality of food. I know my buddy, Mike lives there and he talks about all the time. I, I see him on Instagram and I see all his photos of just all these amazing meals. Uh, so let's talk about some of the places that we should hit for, for food while we're there. Sure. Okay. So, so I think a lot of people tend to criticize Vegas by saying, oh, Vegas doesn't have its own style of cuisine like other cities do. But I think what Vegas does best is they have the best of all the cuisines of any, I mean, again, going back to entertainment capital, you really have to have something for everybody's taste. And so Vegas does that with their food. So like I came from Chicago, which had like, obviously the, the best Chicago style pizza. And Vegas is like, oh, we will have the best of Chicago style pizza, but we will also have the best of New York style pizza, as well as the best of Detroit style or Neapolitan style. So I can break it down for you on the different cuisines, starting with Chinatown. I think Las Vegas has an amazing Chinatown, specifically Shanghai Plaza is my personal favorite. And inside of Shanghai Plaza, you have Weira Thai which is our favorite Thai restaurant in all of Las Vegas. I have never been to Thailand, but the friends and family that I've taken to Weira Thai who have been to Thailand have told me that this is as close as it gets to authentic Thai food. Also in Chinatown, if you like Korean barbecue, I can recommend two spots. There are 888 Korean barbecue as well as 8-ounce Korean barbecue. 888, you cook it yourself. 8-ounce, they cook it for you. If it's just me and my wife, we'll go to the one where we cook it ourselves. If we bring our kids, we're going to the one where they cook it for you. <laughs> it just makes life easier. Um, I can also recommend in the sushi department, we really like Osaka sushi. And the original Osaka location that has been around since the 60s is located on Sahara Decatur. Celebrity sightings are, are frequent there. I've seen Polly Shore there. I got a, a glimpse of Nicolas Cage walking out of there as I was walking in there. I mean, you know, not just because of the celebrity sightings. It also has good sushi. I mean, you actually have to have good food here, too, in this town. There's Osaka sushi. There's also Sapporo revolving sushi, if you like that gimmicky uh, conveyor belt type of sushi. But it's also still really good sushi. All right. In the Italian department, my favorite is Capo's, Al Salito Posto, and La Strega. There's also an amazing French cuisine known as Ulala in Summerlin. That's amazing. Uh, in the uh, steakhouse department, there's Bazaar Meats at the Sahara. There's also the Golden Steer, which is a Vegas staple. It's been around for a long time. Great reputation. One thing you mentioned, like uh, when you mentioned uh, Bazaar Meats, from what I understand, I haven't been there yet, but my buddy says that there's not just steaks. It's actually like a whole v wide variety of uh, different types of animals from all over the world, right? Yeah, there sure is. Uh, you can also have what's that Hawaiian style where they do the luau and the, the whole pig. Like you can, you can get that if you go with a big group or if you're just really ambitious by yourself. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, it, uh, it's, it's a really interesting style steakhouse for sure. Uh, Herbs and Rye has a great steakhouse type of cuisine as well as a great whiskey selection. In the uh, diner cafe department, there is Hash House A Go Go. And there's also the infamous Peppermill Diner, which is on the Strip across from Resort World. They're celebrating their 50th year this year. It's it's like the most Vegas-style diner that you will ever go to. I mean, just from the lights and the decor, and there's there's like a hot tub that is just for decoration 
around their bar. <laughs> it's just like the most Vegas diner ever. Uh, there's also, in terms of tacos, I love Taqueria Casa del Sabor on Sahara. They have a big sign outside of the restaurant that literally says best tacos in Vegas. And they live up to that. Uh, there's El Dorado, like I mentioned, in Tivoli Village. And um, in the buffet department, I would recommend the Bacchanal Buffet at Caesars. They've got amazing crab legs. And just the selection there is amazing. The Wind Buffet is also very good. I have not been there in a while, but the last time I was there, they they did it like a tapas style. Like you order from the table as opposed to going out and grabbing it. And I think that was like after the pandemic. That's how they did it. I don't know if they've changed it back yet, but that might just be the way they do it. And it's super fast. Like you order it, they plug it into their their little device, and then it's at your table within seconds. So that's amazing. Um, there's amazing tapas restaurants, Firefly Tapas, which is one street behind the strip is really good, Sparrow and Wolf. And then in the barbecue department, I know Vegas is not known for barbecue, but like I was saying earlier, they just take the best of everywhere. So Roland Smoke is amazing. And the guy from Pawn Stars has Rick's Roland Smoke downtown, which is really good. And then lastly, I'll stop at restaurants that have amazing scenery. So I'll start with Beer Park, which is at the Paris. You can overlook the Bellagio Fountains. It's a nice little burgers and fries, grab a beer type of place, but it also has amazing inside seating with all kinds of games like lifelike chess and arcade games and things like that. Uh, there's Monami Gabi, which is below Beer Park, also at the Paris. Gorgeous view. And just because they have a gorgeous view, like they still have amazing food. Like Don't forget that as well. We also have the Cottonwood Station, which is a very local, not even a lot of locals know about it. It's near Red Rock Canyon. It's actually past Red Rock Canyon. So if you go to Red Rock Canyon, keep driving that loop, you'll eventually end up in the neighborhood of Blue Diamond. Amazing breakfast lunch cafe with also a good drink selection as well and a gorgeous patio to overlook the mountains. And then I'll stop with uh, the Sky Bar at the Waldorf Astoria. If you want a cocktail lounge that overlooks the strip with really nice hors d'oeuvres, that's a really amazing spot. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, we've, we kind of blew through this whole list, but I mean, it's like, like you said, it's really like a foodie heaven. And I think that's why my buddy Mike lives there is, is because there's so much good food and like you can literally go to a different spot every day and not run out of, of choices. I mean, that's, that's yeah. really amazing. So speaking of that, before I get too hungry and like not able to focus, we better move <laughs> into the final countdown. Otherwise I'm going to lose track and my mouth's going to water too much. So David, if somebody only had time for one meal in Vegas, where should they go and what should they eat? I'm probably going to the Bacchanal Buffet because if it's one meal and I've got to knock everything out in one, I mean, the selection there, you could fast the whole day and still not be able to eat everything that's there. I mean, my wife loves the crab legs there. I love the duck. They have the giant carving station where they'll carve you anything from bacon to Wagyu beef. The dessert bar alone is incredible. It's just a, that's a great one-stop shop. If you, if you only have time for one meal, go to the Bacchanal Buffet. There's one that I forgot. It's not really a restaurant. It's more of a, a whiskey place. I myself, I'm like an old man and I like to drink whiskey in a glass and then go to bed. <laughs> um, <laughs> Double Helix has an amazing whiskey selection from all over the world, from Japanese whiskeys to scotch, to Irish, to American bourbon and 
just anything that's whiskey. And they also have hors d'oeuvres as well and a really nice patio. It's located in the town center, town square, south of the Strip. So it's uh, close to the airport. Great spot to to grab like a nice little glass of whiskey before your flight. Or So that's a fun little spot as well. And I know I just named like 50 places. but And what's amazing is that you still don't even scratch the surface with all these names. There's still a lot more to be named. And there's always more popping up. And it's just you never feel like you'll ever see and experience everything in the city. It's just so much. For sure. And I, I think that's one of the things that, I, that I've experienced with Vegas is that if something isn't amazing, they'll replace it and swap it out with something else that is amazing. And so like, you have to try these places on a regular basis. Otherwise, you may come back next time and it may not be there anymore. Totally. And also, don't forget, just because they have great food, they also have amazing service. And that's a thing that we noticed when we moved here. I mean, whether you're on the strip or off the strip, the service here is fantastic. I mean, we are the hospitality capital. I mean, there's so many components. Like you have to have a great selection of food, but also great staff and great service. Otherwise, you just won't last in the city. There's too many options. Like you have to be over the top uh, stellar. Absolutely. So so speaking of great service, uh, I'm sure w- with your time being there in Vegas, you've come up with some like really memorable stories. What's one of your favorite? Um, I'm not sure if it's a story. I would just say like what always sticks out with me is that, you know, because people always ask like, oh, you live in Vegas? Like, do you have a gambling problem? Or like, are you, are you living on the strip? Like people literally think you live at Caesar's palace or something. And I, you know, I, and I always try to say like, oh no, we have normal lives here too. But then it's like, haha, jokes on you. Whenever I go to the grocery store, like a, say in Albertsons, there are slot machines in the grocery. Like there, there are definitely things here that as much as you want to be able to say, yeah, we have a normal life here in Vegas. And for the most part we do, there are certain things about living in Vegas that are just unique to living in Las Vegas. And the one that always sticks out is the fact that whether you go to the grocery store, if you go to the car wash, if you go to the gas station, you will encounter slot machines. They will follow you. They're everywhere. And there are specific restaurants and bars that are 24 hour that are just for video poker and slot machines and the normal restaurants, but their bar has these machines at the bar. And that's only something that I've only seen living here in Las Vegas. No, no, I, exactly. I, if you want to gamble, there is every opportunity, you know, and if, if you have trouble saying no, maybe, maybe you shouldn't go because there is uh, that opportunity to, to slip a quarter, slip a dollar into the machine at, at every, at every turn. Yeah. I mean, whatever it is that gene, I'm I'm just lucky that I didn't get that gambling itch, whatever you need for that. Because yeah, this is a city where if you don't have a grasp on any of these types of vices, like you will not last in this city. So for me, thankfully I can walk past a slot machine or a video poker machine and not even think twice. Uh, whereas I, I've talked with people that have literally told me like, I could not live in Vegas. I would die <laughs> if I lived in Vegas. <laughs> so whatever that is, I'm just grateful and lucky that I didn't get that because it is in your face. It is everywhere. You cannot escape it. I don't even know if it's discipline. I think it's just, you have to just kind of be indifferent to all that stuff. For sure. For sure. Well, speaking of vices, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in Vegas? The happiest happy hour. So I had a guest on my podcast the Vegas faces where she uh, is a military person and she recommended to me a military bar that is really fun. And it it got really fun, especially with the Vegas golden Knights winning the championship this year. Uh, It's called leatherneck bar. 
And it was originally a Marine bar, but anyone who has never even been in the armed services can still attend this bar. But it has like a, a military theme to it. And it's just really fun and welcoming. And it, it kind of makes it gives you that neighborhood dive bar type of feel. So yeah, obviously you could go like where I said, the, the sky bar and all the, the glitzy like Las Vegas strip style bars. But if you want something that's a unique experience, that's also military. I mean, Vegas does have a big military presence here, a big veteran scene here as well. So if you want something that's totally different and well-priced drinks, I would recommend that. That's really cool. Yeah, my uh, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law are, are both Marines, so uh, we'll definitely have to check that out when we come visit. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. Uh, what's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Vegas? Oh, you're talking to a pizza snob. I lived in Chicago for eight years. I got very well acquainted with pizza, so I'm happy and excited that you asked this question. My favorite pizza, the one that comes to my mind, is Dom DeMarco's, which is located in Summerlin. It's fantastic, and supposedly presidents and other politicians frequent this pizza place. I lucked out in that I live like a mile from this place. So that's just my go-to. And I wouldn't even say it's like Chicago or New York style. Like it's just pizza and it's really, really good pizza. Like I wouldn't even put it in any category because you can definitely go to different styles here, but just like a hands down, what am I, what's my go-to? What should I order? Go for Dom DeMarco's. In fact, fun story about Dom DeMarco's. A couple of years ago, Las Vegas did a March Madness bracket for pizza restaurants. So it was like the final four of pizza restaurants. Uh, and this was one of them. And that's actually how I found out about them. And so it was just kind of like this, like, let's vote on the best pizza place. And they started with a March Madness style bracket and Dom DeMarco's made the final four. And I said, okay, never heard of that place. Let's try it. And I've been hooked ever since. That's really awesome. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would uh, survive living that close to like such a great pizza place. So <laughs> I, I might be ordering it every night. Yeah, right? I, so. I have that pizza place. And then literally a two minute drive down the street from me is an In-N-Out burger. So I'm like dead in the water if I am not careful. Yeah, for sure. Well, between uh, you know your time you know as a gambler and also you know doing stand-up comedy and then also just traveling to visit family and everything like that, I'm, I'm sure you've picked up some great tips along the way. What's one of your best travel tips? Best travel tip for Las Vegas, I would say, is always, always make sure you're drinking water. Because of the dry climate, you do not sweat much. Uh, Lee, you're saying that you're living in Nashville and it's more humid there. And me coming from Houston and experiencing New Orleans and Florida, you sweat a lot in that region. Out here, you do not sweat. So because of that, you think like, oh, I don't need to drink water. But dehydration is real. And the reason you're not sweating is because it's so dry, your sweat is literally evaporating. So you're still sweating. It's just evaporating quickly. So always have water, always drink water, especially going into the the warmer summer months. Uh, and even in the winter as well. I mean, you can get easily dehydrated in the winter. So I know I'm not trying to sound like a medical professional or anything like that, but <laughs> just always drink water when you're out here because people are not careful, especially Vegas being a party town. It's so easy to get dehydrated out here and you wouldn't want to do that. You wouldn't want to ruin your, your fantastic Vegas experience by getting sick like that. Absolutely. Especially like, you know, say you're there at like one of the pool parties, you're not really thinking about it. You're, you're surrounded by water. 
and uh, but none of it's actually going in your mouth, you know. And so <laughs> every other drink, try to order a bottle of water, maybe five or six bucks, whatever <laughs> to get the water. But it's worth it to make sure you don't get sick or uh, have a bad experience. In fact, a really popular place out here are these liquid IV places where you, you pay a couple hundred dollars or something like that. They're supposed to be like little, or they market themselves as as hangover cure type places. But really, I mean, in a city where there's a lot of alcohol and it's very dry and it's very hot, uh, it does make sense to to have that type of treatment in extreme scenarios if you're painfully hungover. But also they're good that just if you get dehydrated, if you just go on a hike and didn't bring enough water, things like that too. Absolutely. Well, well, David, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all those amazing tips for Vegas. You know, it's been a few years since I've been there and, and now I got a whole list of uh, restaurants I got to go hit when I go next time I go out there. Uh, but can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure, sure. Okay. So I am a Las Vegas realtor. I work for Realty One Group Summerlin. My wife and I do real estate together. I'm the realtor and she's the marketing genius behind me. I also do a podcast called Vegas Faces, where we talk with Las Vegas locals about what it's really like to live in Las Vegas and to sort of answer those questions of, oh, do you live on the strip? And nope, here's how we actually live. And here's how it is to work in Las Vegas. And you can find that on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. And you can connect with me and my wife on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook under the name Gavry Group. That's G-A-V-R-I Group. Well, fantastic. Well, we'll definitely include links to both of those in, in the show notes. David, it's great talking to you, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Lee, you're amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. What an awesome conversation with David. I used to visit Vegas all the time when I lived in California, and the way that Vegas continues to reinvent itself amazes me. You can find all the links we talked about today and our one-page guide to David's tips at wetravelthere.com forward slash Las Vegas. We want to say thank you to Award Wallet for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account today. Join us next time as we head to Cork, Ireland to speak with my new friend Amber Haggerty of ambereverywhere.com. In this episode, Amber and I talk about kissing the Blarney Stone, attending the Midsummer Festival, and getting amazing views of the city from Elizabeth Ford. We hope you join us when we travel there. I love hearing your feedback about the show. Send me a tweet at WeTravelThere or email me at WeTravelThere.com forward slash contact to share your thoughts. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friend and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations. <laughs>